Hey, Sarasota, it's Bob. So it's been a wonderful grind over the past 18 months. We've had some fabulous guests. We've produced over 150 episodes. and We've had over 10,000 listens from you wonderful folks in the greater Sarasota area. It's been a lot of fun, but also it's been a lot of work. And so we've decided to take a little bit of a break until this fall. When you check out other podcasts, you're going to see that most put out a new episode only once a week. We put out two, so of course that means there's twice the work. A lot of show notes, scheduling, guests, editing, etc., etc., etc. So we've decided to take a little break for the rest of the summer and we will resume this fall. And we'll let you know. But before I sign off, can you do me a little favor? Reach out to us via Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Drop us a little note. I'd like to know more about what you want to hear when we resume in the next couple of weeks. That'd be a big help because without you, dear listener, we would not exist. As always, thank you for tuning in. Have a wonderful summer, and we'll be back soon where you can listen, learn, and connect. I actually read the Business Observer Daily email to find out who is doing great work in the greater Sarasota community and really the Gulf Coast in general. For me, I found several guests from their emails, including today's guest. Hi, I'm your host, Bob Williams, and I really believe one of the keys to any community is when you listen to each other's stories. It's one of the true roads to the local culture and connects us in a way that cannot be done any other way. In fact, that's why I created the Sarasota Stories podcast. I started so that you could get connected just a little bit deeper in this wonderful community we call home. In each episode, I interview a neighbor of ours who is doing great work and impacting our town in positive ways. So you'll hear from authors and artists, entrepreneurs, civic leaders, and others share how they chose their profession, what they're working on now, and what their plans are for the future. I'm very pleased to welcome today Mark Gordon, Managing Editor from The Business Observer. In this episode, you're going to learn one thing most people don't know about Mark as editor, how he comes up with his stories how he develops overall content strategy, the exciting changes the Business Observer is implementing now to become more than a business news site only, and much, much more. Thank you again for your time to listen, to learn, and connect. Mark Gordon, Managing Editor of the Business Observer. Welcome to the Sarasota Stories Podcast. Thanks, Bob. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat with you. Well, uh, it's a pleasure to have you on. Uh, The reason I wanted to have you on is because I read a lot of the articles that you put out, and certainly your team puts out. On a personal level, I've always been fascinated by how organizations like you develop the material that you do, develop the stories that you do, what gets published, what gets thrown in the trash can. And, uh, you know, we're talking about business here. We're not talking about politics or anything. So to me, it would seem to me like it's a pretty straightforward process, but I really don't know. And I'm sure a lot of my listeners would like to know. And I'd like to get into all that sort of stuff about, you know, where you come up with your content, how you manage it, how you collaborate with your teammates, all that sort of stuff. But my favorite question to always ask up front is, what's one thing most people don't know about you? One thing most people don't know about me. Um, yeah, so I, I think this, 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 I think will be pretty surprising for most people. Um, so I've been a reporter, editor, journalist for 20 something years. Um, 
But after college, I did this for two or three years, and then 9-11 happened. And then um, I said, you know, I don't want to be a reporter anymore. I want to work for the FBI. Oh. And I, uh, I went to graduate school. I got a master's degree in criminal justice and went through a lot of process and steps to get to the, get in the FBI and had background checks and all that and ended up uh, actually working uh, as a probation officer near Philadelphia. Uh, I went to Villanova for my master's. and. I actually worked as a probation officer with juveniles for three years um, and started this victim of crime program in Pennsylvania and did all these things. And um, I did some freelance writing on the side. And, and when an opportunity came to move to Florida, I got back into journalism. But, yeah, that was a, a three-year detour out of my main career. Well, trust me, in my age, I've had many, many detours in life. But that's very cool. So yeah. So, I mean, did you have to like go out on the gun range? And I, of course, I know the FBI is a huge, I mean, they do a lot of analytics, they do a lot of research, but did, but did you get into all that sort of stuff? Uh, we got into some of it. I, I think the best thing about going through the pro well, it, it was an interesting experience, the FBI part. Um, but I was dating my now wife at the time who we, we met in Philadelphia, and um, her father, my father in law, said, uh, Well, this is great, this is the best kind of background check. You get you're dating somebody who's being vetted by the uh, the top national security. And this was after, this was literally July 2002. So you're, you know, the country was still on high alert, right? Everything was like super, super, super. Like I was background checked. They were talking to my roommates in college and all this stuff. And um, Right. It was good. And the probation job was a really good learning experience. I'm a parent now of a 14-year-old. I wasn't a parent then, but... Um, working in that side, it's, it's, you're more a social worker than a law enforcement officer. And it, it just is it, a real insight into parenting and families. And um, it was an interesting three-year experience. I'm really glad I did it. Yeah, I'm sure it is. It's, it's funny you talk about your father-in-law talking about your great background check. As, as, as a father of three daughters now all grown, I used to tease him because when one of their dates were going to come over and uh, pick them up, I get my shotgun out, start yeah. cleaning it. You know, I, I had a blast with that. Yeah. So. <laughs> you got to be that guy. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. So, so where did you actually spend your formative years? You were in the Philadelphia area and then you ended up down here. Yeah. Um, so I grew up on long Island, New York, um, in uh, Nassau County, the North shore of, of long Island, uh, a town called Syosset. Um, and so I grew up there and, and um, I wanted to go to school in a big city, but I didn't want to go too close to home. So I didn't want to go to NYU. I mean, I love New York, but I didn't want to go to school there. And sure. um, my dad and I visited University of Pittsburgh on one of these beautiful fall days where everybody, you know, late summer, early fall, Western Pennsylvania, everybody's out on the, on the lawn. And um, I was like, this is where I want to go to school. I kind of just you know, I don't know, aha moments overstating it, but it was just like, that's where I want to go. And sure. so I went to university of Pittsburgh and, um, started writing for the school paper there. And, uh, yeah, I loved it. Oh, that's cool. How'd you end up in Florida? Um, yeah. So I was, like I said, I was, I was, uh, I worked in Jacksonville for a little bit and then I moved back to Philadelphia, met my wife when we were in graduate school and, um, or when I was in graduate school, and then she got recruited for a job in Bradenton um, in 2005, and we came down here and visited, and uh, this was a great opportunity for her. She works in healthcare, and I met the owner of the Observer Media Group, um, and it's been great. So that's, that's how we got here. Well, and this is a lovely area, and again, I say this, 
I'm starting to get, maybe maybe this becomes a broken record, but I'm kind of like apologizing to all the native Sarasotans down there, all of those Yankees coming down. But yep. you got a good thing going on here. Well, well, uh, I really enjoy it down here. I know you do too. So let's talk a little bit about the Observer. Tell us about the company and particularly uh, the Business Observer, because I know there's several different divisions. Why, but what does the Business Observer do? Yeah, so the Business Observer... Um, is a weekly print daily online publication. And, and our goal is business news for business leaders to help them make better business decisions. Um, and that's what we try and do with all our editorial content. So uh, the owner owners of the Observer Media Group, Matt and Lisa Walsh, um, Matt was a business journalist at Forbes magazine. He was editor of Florida Trend um, and he was a business editor at the Miami Herald. And when he started the Business Observer, in 1995, his goal was, you know, from Tampa to Naples, the West Coast of Florida, um, we wanted to cover business news. We wanted to write about what entrepreneurs were doing, what business leaders were doing, how business intersected with government and vice versa, um, developers, real estate, tourism, uh, hospitality, kind of the, the things that move the economy. And sort of the mission was, you know, when, as a business person, you pick up the Wall Street Journal, you want to read a good story that helps you understand something better, be informed better, make better decisions. It doesn't matter if it's Chicago or Seattle or Texas or, you know, Augusta, Maine. So in our little pocket, that was our goal to not be just Sarasota, not be just Tampa, but sort of connect those three regions. Well, I'll say, it, because I read the daily email that I get from you all, and we were talking a little bit before I hit record, that one of the things I recently enjoyed was a gal by the name of Dr. Zemanski. She's a CEO, but she also does stand-up comedy. And I've always had an interest in doing, you know, we picture ourselves doing certain things we probably will never do, which do stand-up comedy, but but also, um, you know, kind of to, to learn how to operate in that environment and really do kind of improv, because then yeah. you can think on your feet. It helps you in all areas of life. And so I was, I read that, I thought that was very cool. The other thing I, I really enjoyed was an article you recently wrote about, you know, the region's uh, cryptocurrency scene. And I recently interviewed a fellow by the name of Charlie Shrim. Uh, he's he moved down here. I don't know, five or six, seven years ago. He's one of the original crypt. Excuse me. He's one of the original Bitcoin guys. And he, and I interviewed him for my podcast. And so I, you know, I I really enjoy the articles uh, that the Observer puts out that you put out. It does kind of give us a perspective of the dynamics of the local economy here. So I do appreciate it. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. The uh, the crypto thing is certainly interesting. It's it's it moves so fast. I and mean, we started talking about, hey, let's write a big series package of stories on crypto. It, the market was actually much, much better. And then by the time we actually got to like really writing it, we were like, oh man, like everything's falling apart. Yep. And then there was there's four of us on my editorial team, and, and and one person was like, "Well, should we just can it?" And we were kind of like, "Well, it's still a thing that people are doing, even though the value of it has certainly shrunk considerably in six months." But it's talk about volatile. It, it sort of goes against all the Warren Buffett lessons that I read in college about how to invest, buy and hold. You know, look for the companies that take out your trash and move your furniture. Right? That's not crypto. So it's well. Whole new world. Well, you know, I, actually, I, I bought Bitcoin back in 2013. 
I had, had my little digital wallet and put a hundred bucks into it. Yep. And I ended up with so many apps on my phone, I deleted it. And so, of course, I don't know what that hundred bucks been worth today, particularly when it was up at 60,000. But, you know, it's, and, and again, talking with Charlie, he goes, yeah, he goes like half the Bitcoins are floating around in the ethernet there. So, yep. you know, that, that's one of many stories like that, that I have. So, but it's, it's interesting. I, I probably should have said, you know, one thing that most people don't know about me is I could study copywriting for a period of time. And I have this terminal, uh, problem of both writing and editing at the same time. So I was so slow. I gave up on it, but, yeah. but you know, I, I, it's, it's funny. You talk about how cryptocurrencies dumped and whatnot, right? When you guys were really getting geared up for it, I've spoke with a fella, a very well known copywriter at the time. And he, he put out the it was sales copy, by the way, this big package for a, for a well-known firm. And you know, that's when OJ Simpson hit. And he said, like, nobody did anything but watch OJ. And mm -hmm. so you just can't get any traction with it. So it's interesting how the world turns. Yeah, for sure. So tell us a little bit about the job that you do as managing editor. You know, how do you guys determine the con? First off, tell us about your content strategy. Because you have a production schedule. You have to get stuff out there. You have deadlines. So tell us about what your strategy is. Yeah, it's a, it's a good question, and the timing is good because we're, we've really shifted our strategy in the last probably 12 months, but really mostly in the last six months. But the, the strategy for years, the content strategy was, okay, we have this print publication, and our revenue is derived from advertising in the print publication. So, so that comes out on Friday. So on Mondays, you start, you have a meeting, and you say, okay, what are we writing about this week? And you know, we go around the room. We have a person in Tampa. We have somebody in Fort Myers, and we have two people in Sarasota. And or now we have two in Tampa, but so we talk about, okay, I want to write about, you know, um, this new big 18 story condo building coming to Sarasota. Or I'm going to write about, you know, this guy who's building a, a racetrack in Tampa. So you, you, you sort of build, try and build a diverse story list from that. But to, to really fully answer your question, the, the, the big change has been digital first. I, I have, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a dinosaur print person. I love holding the print, you know, we're on this, we're on this call and I could see the wall street journals like two feet from my, my computer here as we're, as we're talking. Um, so I, you know, the, the actual print version that I still get, but we know that the industry is not going that way. So we've really right. made a shift to be digital first. So, um, that's how our, we, our meetings go now or edit, we call them budget meetings. So that's a story budget. So, um, what are we working on today that we're going to put up on our website today or tomorrow morning? Um, and, and we're trying to be much more newsier, um, much more current. Um, and then within that, we're doing these bigger picture stories. You mentioned the content, the crypto. That's like what we want to do in print is these bigger, longer, not say longer, but more impactful stories um, about the things that are moving the business community. We're, um, we did one that ran last Friday on PPP loan fraud and all these uh, – Fraud I saw that. I saw that, that yeah. Up, which is just uh, it's it's very American in a way, right? Like uh, you know, there's a there's billions of dollars of loans. There's going to be abuse, and and so that I thought that was a follow the money kind of story. And so we're working on a big package now on 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 the economy and kind of are we in a recession? You know, we're we're technically in a recession based on certain rules, but we're not. So kind of how businesses navigate that. And, um. So but getting back to the content, that's 
kind of what we're doing now is what's going digitally, what's going online first, and then what's going in print. But but how do you, I guess here's my my question is how do you decide upon a a particular topic because particularly in business there's innumerable features that you can do. I mean there's yeah. there there's endless supply of stories and is there is there so, kind of like I'm sure it has to be you know recent and topical and but but how do you determine which stories get printed and those that you know don't make it. Well, you know, there's there's the old sort of newspaper cliche, right? Man, uh, you know, dog bites man isn't a story. You know, man right. bites dog, it is a story. So I, it's not really how we use it, but there's a there's a little piece of truth to that. And we're looking for these like unique and different things that can be expanded to sort of other business owners that aren't in that specific industry. So, um, you know, some some examples. Um, there, there's a um, uh, HCA hospital company is buying land or I think has bought land to build a hospital, uh, in Northern Manatee County. Um, so we're going to do a story on that with the idea that like, that's really changed. The population growth has put hospitals and in, in this region, the population growth has put hospitals and medical organizations in this position of like they're land buyers. Now they're not just medical groups. So we're kind of expanding that story. Um, that idea. So we're looking for those sort of unique things um, that are that are different that can be to a broad business audience. Yeah, and ju- and just to clarify for our listeners, because this is pretty much Sarasota focus, you guys cover from Tampa all the way down to Naples, correct? Really, the Sun Coast. Yes. Okay. So when you put together this content for publication and whatnot, um. You're managing a team of writers, correct? Right. So are these, I I guess my question is, is when you go to manage them, do each of them have a specific story that they have to produce and then you edit them before it hits the airwaves? Yeah. So, so we have right now I have a team of three full-time editors, reporters, basically, um, Two are based in Tampa. One is in Sarasota. And so one in Tampa is our commercial real estate editor. So he's out there looking for commercial real estate stories, trend stories, things that are happening in shopping malls, in retail, in industrial, right? If you've driven on 75, you can see the industrial um, commercial real estate market is booming, right? I mean, um, of course, you put up a warehouse, it gets leased the next day. So, of course, but we have somebody he's looking for stories there. And then our Tampa reporter is always kind of on the hunt for interesting Tampa stories. And then our Sarasota writer, same thing. And so, so my job is sort of moving the trains down the station, you know, keeping the trains running on time. And, um, so they'll write stories during the week, some that are going up every day, some that are going in print. Um, for the following week, right? So, and they'll edit, they write the story, send them to me on our little internal software, and then I edit and send it back to them, and they post it online and do all the other um, things with it. So, is this kind of like a man on the street type thing where they go and they call up people that they, they find out something or they go knock on businesses? How do you actually get the story itself? Yeah, it's a combination of man on the street. I think we get our best stories by going to going out on the street, going to events, doing things, meeting people in the community. Um, uh, you know, you, you've had, you've had Jack Dusleski of the Mancy chamber on, on your program and the Mancy chamber is a great example, right? They have their lunch 
monthly lunch meetings. There's a, there's a brand name for it that I can't think of, but so we try and go to those events and then, you know, chit chat with the people. Um, we do get a lot of press releases from, from businesses, from organizations, from PR people. And I think we get story ideas from those. We normally don't cover the press release straight up unless it's very super specific, you know, company X has hired a new CEO. That's newsworthy. We put that up there, but we get ideas and just kind of figure out what's going on in the community. But most of the best stories come from being out on the street, talking to people, talking to CEOs and, and finding out what's going on. Do, do people just submit stories to you on their own? Occasionally. I think that's happened more probably in the last year than ever before. I don't know if that's a COVID thing or not. Um, right. but we, we normally don't, there's really no format for us to run those. Um, we do like outside columnists, like on very specific, like a workplace issue or, or things like that, but not normally stories. So I'm on your website right now. And I will say it's obviously it's very well developed and you have a, a great layout on the website itself. What I do like about it is it's laid out in regions under one tab. You got Tampa Bay, Sarasota, Lee Collier, Charlotte counties, coffee talk, opinions, government. And then on the next next tab, you go to entrepreneurs and industries and strategies. I do like how you have it laid out here. What, which area are you most fascinated by? Entrepreneurs, business owners? Uh, I, I would say entrepreneurs and strategies. I, I like telling those stories of, of sort of how I built this, right? Those really interesting uh, you know, deep dive stories into the struggles that an entrepreneur has where you're working 90 hours a week to start. And I mean, even when you're successful, you're still working 90 hours a week and, um, you know, the missteps and how you learn from things and, and get better. You know, I think those, those, um, color stories are always really, to me, the, that's the most challenging to write, but I think those are the best stories to write. Well, I would agree because, um, you know, it's funny, you mentioned you were a dinosaur, like you like to print better than you do digital. I would agree. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm older than you, but just the tactile aspect of picking up a magazine or a newspaper and writing. Um, but it just kind of leads me to my next question, which is, we know the attention spans are getting shorter. Do you guys right. factor that into the articles that you write? We, we totally do. It comes up all the time, Bob. And and so my, my, my team, I, I think, is really quite annoyed with me saying this, but, um, when they say, how long should it be? And I'll say, right. What it's worth. You know, that's my answer. I don't want to give them a box. We've been in the past. I talked about, we've changed our content strategy. We've been in the box. Like that's an 800 word story. That's a 1200 word story. That's a 2300. And, and I don't want to do that. And so, um, we want to have, uh, these, these longer stories, but we also know that the attention span is not there for it. So you, you have to find a way, I think, to succeed in, in, in journalism, to combine both, have those quick hit stories with those longer form stories that I think people still want to read good stories. Um, you know, it's a little off the topic, but you mentioned, I think this is a perfect example. Um, uh, talking about being a dinosaur, right? Vin Scully died a couple of days ago. Um, oh yeah. Broadcaster. And I'm a huge baseball fan. And, and, um, uh, my dad grew up a Brooklyn Dodgers fan. I grew up a Mets fan. And, um, uh, one of the things that I've been reading all these stories about, about Vin Scully and those are, they're really long form journalism. And I knew a lot of these things and the guys had such an amazing life. Um, but I, I liked more reading about him, the person as much as, you know, he called Hank Aaron 715 home run and he did the Kirk Gibson call and 
he did all these amazing things, but he's just a good human being, right? And that's what I like reading. You know, I'm a sports fan, but I like reading more about him. And, and I kind of think other people are the same. I mean, clearly you are. We talked about that uh, offline. So Yeah, I, and, and I would agree. It, it, you know, in the copywriting industry, and you, I'm sure you already know this, is you try to come up with topics and articles that, that people are already thinking about. And if, if you're into Vince Scully, you're into baseball, you will read that long-form uh, article, that long form copy, whatnot. I mean, I see it on the internet, you know, so I'll get pitched by some, you know, I'll click on something and it's, you know, some product, some software or whatnot. And I still see a lot of long form copy out there, but I also see, I, you know, I also see a lot of short stuff out there as well. I mean, what I do like about what you all put out again on your daily email, they're, they're really four or five paragraphs that you can get through in a minute or two. And you can go on to the next one. It gives you a really just a broad strokes insight into what's happening in a lot of different industries, different locations. And I think that you have to do that today. Absolutely. Um, right. You, you have to balance kind of the needs of different readers. Um, you know, we talk about our content strategy, you know, our, our demographics are business owners that tends to skew a little bit older, but I think we, well, I know we want to be in front of everybody too. Like if you're, 30 years old, you, sh you still care about your business community, or at least we hope you do. So we want to be in front of you too. Right, right. Well, you know, it's funny. We were, I was getting ready to ask you, you know, if you go to the movies today and you look at how fast those scenes change, mm -hmm. I mean, it's every few seconds anymore. And, you know, forget about any type of music video. It's just, you know, one, no one of these kids can't focus in the, uh, in the school rooms. Yes. Uh, it is certainly, well, everything is, that's how right video or that's how content is consumed, right? Whether it's, you know, TikTok or YouTube or, you know, Instagram stories, that is how uh, content is consumed. I'm, I'm sure I'm not the first parent to say this, um, but our son doesn't watch TV shows the way that you and I did where, you know, you knew every week you were going to watch your show at Wednesday at eight o'clock. It's, that's right. It's, it's, uh, it's YouTube and it's click and it's quick hits and um, yeah, totally different. Yeah. Well, I know it's changed my brain some way. I don't really know, but I, it seems like I don't have as long attention span as, uh, as I used to. Well, so what are you excited about right now and kind of where are you taking your work? Um, yeah, so I'm really excited about the, the changes that we've made again, going back to being as at the business observer about being much more digital focused, but not giving up on the, on the print product. But um, I think the thing that I'm really excited about that we haven't talked about yet is, is we are uh, at the Business Observer, we're gearing up to be a membership-based organization as opposed to just a print or digital publication. And so there's a lot of moving pieces in that. We're going to be, um, in 2023, we're going to be doing more events. Um, uh, we're going to be doing more things to connect readers, like, you know, it's a news and brews where you can come out and meet me and the other reporters and, um, you know, over beer or coffee or whatever. And, you know, say, Hey, how do I get my company covered? Or you guys write about this. And, and I think that's what I hear the most from business leaders is they want to be able to connect with other business leaders to learn from them because it's hard, right? You're, you're isolated. You're by yourself. Um, when do you hire somebody? When do you fire somebody? When, um, you know, do you make these decisions? Um, how do you factor in what interest rates are going to be, which sometimes sounds opaque, but it's really important to your company. So we want to connect more. So I, you're going to be hearing a lot more from the business observer. About I, that. I, 
Uh, and, and two thumbs up on that. I could not agree with it more. What, what's interesting about the time that we live in today, unfortunately, I think that there's a lot more tribalism that's happening. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's a good thing as well, right? I mean, because you, you want to find folks that you enjoy hanging out with to kind of you know, see things the same way that you do or you're the same stage of life or, you know, whatever it may be. And it's, it's funny, I've had chats with some of the heads of the local chamber of commerce here. I said, you know, look, you, you're going to have increased competition because when the observer does stuff like this or SRQ mag or Sarasota mag does this, that's really, I think what people are craving right now. And I can tell you as someone who from his computer a lot and it launched his podcast about six months ago, uh, I'm looking to connect really on a, you know, insight um, and not insight, but, but in person yep. instead of just through the, instead of through the computer. So I think you guys are really hitting upon something. I encourage you guys to uh, really amp that up. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I think you're right. It comes up a lot. I, I had the honor and I was uh, very privileged and honored to uh, host the Sarasota EDC economic development corporation event. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that I heard in the feedback after some friends of mine were there, the, the common theme was there wasn't enough time for networking. I mean, there was 500 people in the Hilton ballroom it's in downtown Sarasota or the Hyatt and not the Hilton, the Hyatt. And um, I think people are craving that, right? I mean, they've been, we've been locked up and you're out and the speakers were great. And, and I think the presentations were fantastic, but people want that in-person interaction that we obviously all took for granted for, for all these years because we didn't know that there was, a thing called lockdowns that could actually happen. So it's uh, changed people's perspectives. I, I, and I couldn't agree more with that. I shared on an earlier episode that I have a brother who's in the music industry and he provides music equipments for, you know, some of the big bands that come through here and he's done the Super Bowl and some of that stuff. But he said when festivals were able to amp up again, he said his business absolutely boomed and he's not stopped yet. So yeah. to me, that's a real indication that people want to get together. They're tired of being cramped up. And so they want to connect. And so I think you guys are really on to something. And uh, we look forward to yeah. see where you go with this because I want to come to some of those meetups. Awesome. Absolutely. That's great. Well, if people want to find out more about you or the work that you do. Where do they go? Yeah. Uh, so our website is the best place to go. Businessobserverfl.com. So spell yep. it out. Businessobserverfl.com. Yep. It can reach you on LinkedIn as well. You got a nice profile there. I love the old Corona typewriter there. I actually had one of those years ago. Yes. <laughs> I love the typewriters. In fact, uh, my son and I were in, uh, I think we were in Target and we saw a Lego set that's an old typewriter. It's a little pricey, so I'm not because we've yeah. got 14. He's kind of past the Lego age, but he knows I love typewriters, so I might get it. I mean, we've made the Millennium Falcon from Star Wars. We've done all that stuff when he was younger, but I might oh. buy my own Lego typewriter set and make it on weekends. We'll see. But yes, no, that's, it's typewriters. That's funny. That's funny. Well, Mark Gordon, managing editor of the Business Observer. Thank you for being on the Sarasota podcast, and I appreciate everybody for listening in. Great. Thanks for having me, Bob. You betcha. Thank you so much for stopping by. I sure hope you enjoy listening to our interviews as much as we do providing them. If so, would you do me a little favor? Go to sarasotastories.co and enter in your email. That way you'll get notifications of all upcoming episodes. Also, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And remember, no matter where you go, to listen, learn and connect. <music>